right. And this is your host of Discussions of Truth in Hamilton Trottier. Welcome to your Wednesday edition, as always. Trying to get Periscope up and running for you. I think at uh, Ian Trottier, you'll find me on Periscope. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. And that's I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. And uh, if you type that into Google, you're going to find my website as well. And on my website, speaking of the website, let me direct you to, first off, let me direct you to a couple different websites because we have impeachmassmedia.com as uh, one campaign. And we also have stopmassmedia.com. If you donate $50 to... That campaign, you get a high-quality cotton T-shirt. Very comfortable. The one I'm wearing right now, you can see it on Periscope. Impeach Mass Media. Be awesome. What, is that? what do you mean by be awesome, Ian? What do you mean? Take authority to task. You are the authority. Isn't that the beauty behind the U.S. Constitution and the design of the United States of America, we do this in the name of people like Martin Luther King and various theories as to why JFK. Last week, Mark Shaw, former defense attorney based in L.A., he has been a legal analyst and commentator on various stations, CNN, ESPN, MSNBC, I believe, And he started looking into the death of Dorothy Kilgallen. A little bit after writing that book, The Reporter Who Knew Too Much, the Dorothy Kilgallen story, he signed a contract with the Dowdle brothers to get the book made into a movie. He joined the program for the third time last week. Denial Denial of Justice is the sequel to The Reporter Who Knew Too Much. He says he knows exactly who killed Dorothy Kilgallen. The official, official autopsy is overdose on barbiturates. He says that's completely false. And he's willing to take the attorney general to task, if you will for the state of New York in that office. Okay, so impeachmassmedia.com, iantrottier.com. On iantrottier.com, you'll find, as you go to the landing page, you find Stephen Kinzer listed, John Perkins listed, Nomi Prince listed, Chris McDaniel. Who are these people? If you haven't heard of them, you should know who they are. Stephen Kinzer it was, it was a correspondent for years with the New York Times. He's now a member of the Watson Institute, Brown University. John Perkins. Who is John Perkins? If you don't know who John Perkins is, familiarize yourself with the term known as economic hitman. What is an economic hitman? He was 
basically hired by the CIA to go into foreign countries, i.e. Panama, and take out the head of state. That would be the person that would be an opposition, if you will, a hurdle to U.S. negotiations. And what's the main objective here? Control of natural resources. Economic hitman. Okay, that's an excellent episode. You can find all the past episodes. This is now episode 105. Been doing this now for two years. You can find all past episodes on iantrotje.com or on mixcloud.com by entering and searching query my name, I-A-N-T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R, or finding them on iTunes. Now, not all the episodes are listed on iTunes, but I believe they're at 60-plus. And the John Perkins episode definitely is on iTunes. Nomi Prince. Former Goldman Sachs, very successful banker for Goldman Sachs, speaking out against the global economic system. Collusion. And Chris McDaniel, Mississippi State Senator who found deep corruption in the South, that would be the state of Mississippi. Those are four people that have joined this program, and they're listed on my website as you go to the landing page. The online radio station, iHeartRadio, has now picked up Discussions of Truth. So you can now find Discussions of Truth, the weekly program shooting right out here from Miami, Wynwood Radio, the Wynwood District of Miami, and that is now going into iHeartRadio. Okay? That was just picked up uh, since the last episode. All right, so now, getting into next week. See, next week is going to be a very interesting episode. Do, do yourself a favor. If, 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 any of, any, if any of what I'm doing resonates with you, Google my name, Google Zika, Z-I-K-A, and Google Miami Beach, and that'll take you to a Honey Colony ar- archive where honeycolony.com. And uh, Miriam's objective is to, and she's based in Hollywood, is to save the honeybees. Honeybees are an incredibly important element of agriculture in many aspects of our life. But there you will find an article that was written and submitted and published by Honey Colony. And it basically gets into exactly why I do what I do. And that is to seek out corruption, and destroy it. And that's why I open with Metallica. The song off of the album, Kill Em All, is to seek out corruption and destroy it. Impeach mass media. When you go to impeach mass media to come, you're, 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 you're met with a, a graph. A graph that shows you just how corrupt the American media empire is. Because it's not entirely American, and that will be the, con, that will be the, the, the argument, is, is how American is it? Uh, even recently, as in the past 24 hours, somebody asked you, what's the most amazing book that you've read, Ian, in the past year? Well, I've, met, I've read a lot. I've had, I've had guests on this program, um, and I've read their books. But, you know, I have to go back to the Anthony Sutton, one of Anthony Sutton's publications. And that leads me to, uh, when you go to my website, you tap on Articles. 
And yeah, you can find that Zika Miami Beach article. And this is all coming around for full circle, so hang tight. But there you're going to find under articles links to interest you. Links to interest you. Publications, PDFs, free. Yeah, you probably have no idea even existed. Information about the country you live in or about the world that you live in. America's secret establishment. That's the first link there for you. It's a free, free link. It's a free publication. Federal Reserve Conspiracy. Those are two publications by Anthony Sutton. Weather as a force multiplier. Owning the weather in 2025. Owning the weather. Oh, you think geoengineering or uh, you know, man-created hurricanes? You think these, this is just conspiracy theory? That's a United States Air Force publication. It's, it's available to the public. Google, owning the weather in 2025. That would be six years from now. Climate change and this 75% problem. Radio frequency, radiation. Dosimetry handbook. Social media and strategic communication. Story of the Committee of 300, Dr. John Coleman. Secrets of the Federal Reserve, Eustace Mullins. Athenian Oration, The Crown, by Demosthenes, excuse me, Demosthenes, 322. Yes, that's Lodge 322, you might be thinking, Skull and Bones, Yale University. Limits to Growth, a report of the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome, have you heard of the Club of Rome? Why should you have heard of the Club of Rome? Why should they be interested in you? Governmentaddict.org, federal government documents obtained via Freedom of Information Act. These are all free, free of charge. There's no charge for any of these links. The Correspondence Theory of Truth via Stanford University, Plato. Free yourself from Microsoft and the NSA. Other links to interest you, how Ben Franklin organized the U.S. economic independence, Hoover's FBI, an Anglo-American dictatorship, Anton Chaikin, John Locke's political philosophy, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Okay, now, getting to... These are just various links to interest you about... The global machine. Because to make no mistake about it, we are all serving a major global machine. It's, 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 so, so the question is who's running and who's controlling that machine? Who's pulling the strings of the puppet? Which, 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 which you can hear me say, what was it, uh, Miami NBC News? You can hear me say there's a link right, right, on, that, right on that archive uh, referring to the, the then mayor of Miami Beach. As a puppet, as a puppet to the then Governor Rick Scott of the state of Florida. Absolutely. They make no doubt about it. No, there's no question. So getting back to most recently, Ian, what was the most impressive book you read? And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I directed that person to the best enemy money can buy. The best enemy money can buy? What are you talking about? Buying an enemy? Yes, controlling both sides of an equation controlling both sides of an equation to dominate the nature of the outcome. Hegelian dialectic. Yes, exactly. The best money, best enemy money can buy. Funding both sides of the Vietnam War? What do you mean, Ian? What do you mean? U.S. banks, U.S. bankers were funding both sides of World War II. Oh, Prescott Bush. Yes, this is all fact. This is all true. So the United States sitting at 23, what, $23 trillion in debt? Who are they in debt to? 
One would make you think that, yes, they owe money to China. Yes, oh, they may owe money to Russia. Well, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. And especially when you familiarize yourself with the work of Anthony Sutton, former Stanford Hoover fellow, you realize, no, these are not just simple hedges of people trying to make money. This is a global monopoly, a la Rockefeller. Remember, he was uh, his books or his his company Standard Oil was 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 tried for for being a monopoly. Yeah, well, he's not the only one. That's that's my guess. Okay, so 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 why do I do what I do? I have two years here on Winwood Radio. Why do I do this? Self produced, self funded, self researched. Okay, yeah, I've had a few people join me here to add where they where they want, where they can. But but this is this is me doing this for you. Yes. So that you can understand where I'm coming from. As a Californian living in Florida and being exposed to something called the Zika virus. The Zika virus. Well, yeah, you may vaguely remember that in Brazil, receive uh, babies being born with deformed heads, microcephaly. They're being exposed to pesticides like Nailed. So as I began to research, which took me to an ingredient called tetraethyl, which was a uh, standard oil-rooted uh, product, basically, that the Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe, the, the German Air Force, could only run on. So when German planes were flying and bombing, flying over and bombing London, they were doing so being fueled off of a basically a standard oil Rockefeller product because they could only operate off of gas that, or petroleum that contained tetraethyl. That was it. That was by design. That was, uh, I think it was General Motors, by design. By design. No, they couldn't use any other gas. Right. So basically, America was bombing London via the Germans. Sounds weird, right? No, not just a simple hedge. Not just a simple hedge is my argument. Okay, so some of these things get complex, but tying two knots together, you find the Zika virus being discovered in the Uganda forest. Right of Africa, and the science and scientists, just like the University of Chicago, being funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Yet on the flip side, okay, this is where it gets to the Hegelian dialectic, right? Controlling both sides of the outcome. Now, whether this is coincidence, I don't think so, or whether it was by design, which I'm slightly more inclined to think after having people like. Charlotte Eiserbit on the program, and, and the list is quite impressive. You realize that, okay, yes, maybe it is by design, yes, the dum deliberate dumbing down of America. And you find that the pesticide Nailed was also a Rockefeller product because it was designed by the Chevron Chemical Corporation in the 1950s. Just throwing it out there, and I wrote the article on it. So if you type in my name, and you type in Zika, yeah, it's Ian Trottier, Zika at Miami Beach. You'll find that article on uh, Honey Colony. You can find it on my website as well. But go to my go to, go to my website and find the articles. Click on those links. They're free PDFs. I urge you to go to the best enemy money can buy by Anthony Sutton, former Stanford Hoover fellow. So that's that. And that leads me to pick off from where I left off with Richard Lighthouse. Next week, Richard Lighthouse, an American author and researcher at Lighthouse, holds a Master's of Science degree from Stanford University in Mechanical Engineering. 
Previously worked for NASA. He regularly submits self-publications via Smashwords, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. That is next week. Let me just read this quote to you. Let me just read this quote to you because it gets into – now, he writes about a number of issues. But one that is, is of interest is the following, and I've read this two weeks in a row now. So this is the third week, I believe. Lloyd's Banking Group, you may have heard of it, is probably the largest corporation, this is quote, corporation in the world, with a global market capitalization exceeding 2.4 quadrillion USD. This is according to Yahoo Finance. According to Richard Lighthouse, next week's guest. This company was formed in 1995, but based on its financial, appears to be hiding trillions of dollars in assets. The total market capitalization of these stocks listed on the London Stock Exchange, I've listed them there, are quite large. Uh, the first one is capital LLD, all capitals too. Okay, a number of four that he lists. In fact, he continues to say, it is larger than all other banks in the world combined. Lloyd's Banking Group of London, he says, is the largest banking group in the world. Okay? Larger than all of the banks combined. He just, he just said it. So, think about that because it bears repeating One bank in London has more assets and value than all other banks in the world combined. It is at least 100 times larger than the next largest bank, J.P. Morgan Chase. Why is this important and why would you care? Because as a citizen of the United States, you're in a $23 trillion debt. Your government is. So who who are you in debt to? And if a bank based in London is larger than all other banks combined, wouldn't that interest you? And who are the people that own that bank? Because it all kind of trickles down to the air that you breathe. And when you have no, when you have, when you, there's nothing you can do about a plane flying over your head and spraying you with a pesticide that is deemed illegal by the European Union. Okay, yes, nail it was deemed a neurotoxin and completely illegal in Europe. Studies out of Oslo. Yet Miami-Dade County and the state of Florida and the CDC out of Atlanta, a federal agency, permitted it to be sprayed over the inhabitants of Miami. It also got sprayed in, in, in San Diego. So when something like that happens to you, then you're kind of like, oh, there's an invasion of my airspace. Take a big, deep breath in. And who knows, if you are prone to perhaps developing something like Alzheimer's in 20 years, the likelihood is that you have it more. Okay, fine. There's lots of toxins that we are exposed to on a daily basis. You play golf, you get exposed to toxins, all right? But as a county, couldn't I have chosen to spray something organic, something that was safe, something that wasn't a neurotoxin. I think so, right? And uh, and then you, when you read the research that I did on that uh, pesticide, you, you realize that I kind of stopped everything I was doing and I started doing this. March 6th, trained by the BBC, Tony Gosling will be joining us. And starting off the month of April, we will be joined by Dennis Bushnell, NASA Langley Research Center. He's the chief scientist there. He'll be talking about climate change. So today, today's program, and I've eaten up 20 minutes of the show, uh, spouting off about why I do what I do. Uh, hopefully it's of interest to you. It should be. Um, 
one of Britain's most prolific alternative lecturers, Andy Thomas, internationally renowned for his research on Western world history and unsolved mysteries. We'll be joining the program in a matter of moments. I will be right back to bring Andy onto the program. You've tuned in to Winwood Radio, and you're listening to the weekly edition, Wednesday, 5 o'clock, of Discussions of Truth. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton. Trottier. We have this energy now, and we have the, the, the perfect time to start the new year off. And I'm not talking about I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to, you know, have, you know, two shots of tequila now instead of 10. I'm going to lose weight. No, this is deep change. You know, this is not about resolutions. This is about how you want your life to be. These are the times we're going into. It's no more messing around, you know. It's no more being complacent. You can be there, and that's fine, but it's not going to really get you too far. And I don't care if you have everything, all the toys and everything you want in the world. It's not going to get you too far. We're talking about serenity, peace, you know, love. So what relationship do you have to let go of? Who do you need to forgive? What resentments are you hanging on to? resentments drag you by the ass and they don't let go they don't let go until you consciously say and you make that choice i'm not going to hold this anymore it's the poison the fingers you're pointing it's like the poison going down your throat you know it is so we have this opportunity and i tell you it's been a, the last couple of months of a lot of serious changes have been happening and they forced me to look deeper and look and see where my resistance comes from. What old ideas am I still hanging on to? What illusions am I still holding on to? And, you know, for me, being in the field that I am, I read a lot. I work a lot. Mostly every person that comes to me is a mirror and I can, you know, I can identify with them. I've been there or I feel that way or I felt that way before. You know, it's nothing out there new. We all go through these things recycled. And, <laughs> and all I know is that I have to be better. And it's, a, you know, it's a kick in the ass. And part of doing this work and working as a, as a spiritual healer is that I have to be on it with myself. I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know? I don't want to teach someone. I don't want to give back something that I don't have. I don't want to say, oh, you should be like this, but then I'm like shivering in the corner. So it's beautiful. It keeps me on my toes. So all this change is happening. I had some, ooh, a lot of resentments coming up, uh, a lot of uh, anger, uh, holding on to things that I know I need to let go of. You know when you know you need to let go of it, but you don't want to? For whatever reason, the devil you know, 
whatever. Well, it's more comfortable. Well, I don't know what's out there. If I let go of this, what's going to happen? You know, it's that stepping out on faith. So I've been stepping out on faith. <laughs> I have to. Uh, and so how do I get through these moments? Okay, you feel the change. Things are happening. Some days you're overwhelmed. Some days you can deal with it. This is where we can use tools, spiritual tools, meditation. Hey, I'm not the biggest meditator out there. Sometimes I can do about five minutes, ten minutes. Sometimes I can do more. Uh, sometimes I set a timer on my phone, do ten minutes. Sometimes I listen to a guided meditation before I go to sleep. I'm not a do it the same way every day. Sometimes my meditation is let me sweep the floor in my house. Maybe it's when I'm in the car, I'm driving, but I'm not going to Right, a little jump in the fire there. Kill them all, Metallica. We open with Seek and Destroy because that is exactly what we aim to do on this program is seek out corruption and completely obliterate it, destroy it. We are joined from... We are joined by an incredible researcher based in the UK, Mr. Andy Thomas. Andy, are you there? Okay, okay one minute. Yeah, I thought I had... Okay. Andy, let's try that again. Are you there? I am here. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Discussions of Truth, uh, Mr. Thomas. And uh, we appreciate you uh, staying up for the uh, the later hour there. Is it a four-hour time difference? Uh, I think it might even be five. That's not too bad. Yeah, I'm here and I'm awake. Fantastic. Now, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are uh, you're considered a, one of UK's leading... Uh, alternative researchers, and you present at a conference called the Glastonbury Symposium? That's right. I mean, that's an event that I've been helping to run for many years now. It's been running for 29 years, so it's actually uh, Britain's longest uh, alternative alternative event, if you want to call it that, uh, of its kind. So that's uh, just one of the many things that I do. I'm one of the organisers, one of the presenters, and we try to get together a lot of speakers from anywhere we can find them who've got something interesting to say that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. Uh, so, you know, like you, we're trying to give voices to people that simply don't get heard enough but in the meantime i'm always going around lecturing uh written a number of books about this just trying to get word out there that you know we need to get the bigger picture which sadly uh the mainstream doesn't want us to see as i'm sure you know yeah so let's 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 hit on a little bit of that i i, I think for americans yeah there's there's people uh, that kind of get deep uh, we've got we had a guy named carl car uh Eric Carlstrom on the program uh, a few weeks ago, and he's he he was he's kind of been fighting the the main establishment in the United States going back to to Vietnam. So there's been there's been there's been that type of friction, but it hasn't really surfaced to being kind of a main uh, hashtag, if you will. I, I think until you know Trump kind of made this whole fake news deep state thing. Um, quite impressed on the forefront of, of most Americans. But yet in the UK, 
Tell us a little bit about the history there. What is it with, you know, for 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 you, you've been on BBC News, you've been on ABC 2020, History Channel, National Geographic, Sky TV. You've even uh, made appearance on Nippon TV in Japan. So so from a UK perspective, and, and that's kind of what, what I try to do is inform listeners to get them looking at this whole kind of more of a global uh, connection here. Uh, what is it with, with, with in, in Britain? Um, give us an example of, of kind of the, 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 the fight that you, that you do uh, on a regular basis and the alternative why in, 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 that, in, that, in that regard. Why do you do what you do? Sure. I I mean, certainly we here, we don't have the same level of different stations that you've got there. Like, you know, you've got a lot of truth stations across the state, which is brilliant. I mean, they're here, we have them, but uh, they're certainly, they're not as prominent uh, over here. What people tend to do here is rely on the, the kind of the very mainstream things like the BBC. Uh, and the BBC, you know, bless its heart, has very much taken a, a downturn, I think, especially over the last 10 years. Uh, and now it, it seems to exist purely to kind of push a sort of progressive liberal agenda, but it doesn't want to hear anybody that edges into anything that you might say call conspiracy theory, which that is what they call it. But instead of like hearing the voices of why people are challenging the very stories they're putting out, all they do is continually denigrate them. They make fun of them. So we've got a curious thing here. The only way that we can make any kind of mark to balance that out is obviously to, you know, put the information out where we can. But it almost has to be done in a more grassroots way here. And I mean, over the years, you know, what I've tried to do is to try to almost fly under the radar. Uh, I mean, I began through an interest in, you know, what some people might call the paranormal, things like UFOs, crop circles and all of that. Now, you can think what you like about those things. But what I realized was just in those kind of areas, the mainstream didn't want to hear any other version other than it's all nonsense, it's garbage, they don't want to hear it. And I realize, therefore, that um, therefore they are not listening to anything that is not outside a very narrow band that they've declared. So I began giving talks and I found that I was getting invited to speak in places where they obviously didn't know what they were going to get. And I continually try to feed them information and open doorways to other sources of information that are going to challenge what they're getting bombarded with all the time from every direction. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. My books, uh, Conspiracies is a big book still out there and uh, the truth agenda also they try in an accessible form to give people the big picture as to why this matters and what it is they're not hearing in the mainstream and we take that for granted we know we're not told the truth but there's a lot of people out there who haven't realized that they're still listening only to very few mainstream channels so you know they still need waking up yeah i mean the the, the uk of course is uh, one of the main differences is is um, is is in, in the U.S. the the system was designed without a king or a, a queen, and of course you have the, the beloved Queen Elizabeth, who is uh, very charming. But but it is but it is a, a very different system, and like you said, it does kind of limit and makes your news uh, those channels more in line with, I suppose, the monarchy agenda. I'm assuming I don't know that well but but in that sense the 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 US the US is a little more free however 
I think that I think that 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 in 2019 America is under incredible fire, and there's a there's a there's a massive kind of effort to control uh, control media and and uh, for instance there's a graph on impeachmedia.com that kind of shows the, uh, the major media outlets uh, being owned by uh, in in the 1980s being owned by like 80 different companies and today as of the past I uh, say today as of the past probably five or seven years that's now down to about six different companies yeah. so uh, what Americans don't realize is that is that and, and, and it's just a global thing right because we're all interconnected on this kind of economic level but what, what, what Americans don't realize is that their kind of efforts for receiving their news and their media and the truth is becoming much 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 more narrow so with you Andy what was it you you kind of started this push from kind of the paranoia Paranoia, uh, paranoia, or and or the mystery, unexplained mystery angle. What was it that kind of caught your eye? Was it this kind of wow, there might be UFOs, or what? What did I just see, or a crop circle phenomena? What was it with you that kind of had you kind of researching an alternative angle? I mean, for me, the big turning point was uh, when I started to get interested in crop circles. Now, I know there's a lot of people, they don't take them seriously. They believe they're all man-made. But even (laughs) if that is your view, one thing we can say for certain is the media does not tell the truth about them. It never has done. And I, when I got involved, I thought, I'm just open-minded. I don't know what's making crop circles, but I'm going to try and find out, you know, as much as I can. And continually, I have seen right at the beginning and even to now, the media literally tell lies about the crop circles. They tell lies about the people researching them. They don't give anybody the real evidence. They give only one side of the story. And, and there are things which, even if you think they're all man-made, there are things they say which are simply provably untrue. So as I began to realize that that was going on, even in that one little narrow field, um, I realized and I began to meet other people researching other things that, of course, there are so many other areas that that are not being talked about, that are not being fairly reflected. Now, I mean, what you described there, we do have the same problem here. Yeah, a lot of the media companies are increasingly owned by very few people. Uh, And certainly, yeah, over here, I mean, I think our... TV stations especially are highly uh, sort of deferential towards the royal family. They're not going to try and rock the status quo. But what's happening here, and I think over your way too, is of course now anything which is perfectly legitimate alternative inquiry is being branded fake news. Now, this is where what they're trying to do is to close it down. We've already seen around the world a lot of people being taken off social media because right. social media is now declaring that what they're saying is fake news. So we're winding up with all of this kind of information that we're trying to put out there. They're trying to push it into a little backwater in the hope that eventually it will be so hard to get to this kind of stuff that nobody's going to find it. And that needs to be fought. We need to create new forums, new kinds of social media i believe to get this stuff out there but unfortunately yeah if you don't know it's there and if you don't realize what's happening you might genuinely believe oh that's all fake news we don't need to hear about that uh and that's a serious problem because uh stuff is vanishing out of the sight of people and they don't even know it's happening which is a great concern 
Yeah, so secrets in plain sight. I mean, um, in, in, in the U.S., all an American has to do is turn over a dollar bill, and they find the phrase Novus Ordo Seclorum, the New World Order, right? And they find the, an image of, of what seems to be an Egyptian pyramid with uh, the kind of what's referred to as the overseeing eye. So there's there's those types of things that, that appear in – we, we take them for granted. You know, we, look at them, we look at them all the time. Um, uh, of course, uh, 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 purchasing and, and, and the economy is becoming more digitized and, and, and currencies, paper currency is gradually kind of being phased out, it seems, more and more with each year. But in that regard, you look at, OK, hey, what, wait, what is the new world order? So is, 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 is it possible that, that there are kind of elite banking organizations or clubs that are conspiring to control uh, the way that uh, people live their life. I don't think it's that far-fetched to, to consider that. Uh, you know, I mean, but, but quickly, there's that kind of, that, that mass media push to kind of pigeonhole the person that wants to suggest that that could be happening into, oh, uh, you know, a, a, a conspiracy theorist. They're completely absurd. Uh, but you know, in your research, you're, you're, you're talking about this effort to do that. Where is that coming from? From 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 your research, where where is that being rooted from? I mean, the New World Order is a verifiable project. You can trace its origins back, and I mean, it's not even hidden. Like you say, the fact that it's on the on a banknote tells you everything. Uh, we've had many famous politicians, Obama, Tony Blair, other people like that. They've actually given speeches where they have openly declared we need George a new Bush. world order yeah. so it's not it's not right. even hidden the, the idea that there are ruling elites which have huge power i mean is that it's in plain sight it's absolutely obvious i find it extraordinary when i hear people describing those kinds of things as conspiracy theories because they are there they are conspiracy facts everybody knows it and yet we all not we personally but you know collectively we turn a blind eye i mean there are clearly organizations, some of them with very deep occult agendas, which are doing things which would not be seen as normal by anybody else. I mean, let's take the obvious one, a group like the Bohemian Club, which is, uh, you know, meets once a year in California. It has people from very high levels of office around the world, prime ministers, presidents who go along. They witness uh, a ceremony where people in robes worship a giant stone owl and sacrifice the effigy of a child to it. Now, if you and I did that, and the mainstream got a hold of that, I'm sure they would have something to say about it. But it's funny, isn't it? When the world leaders do it, we're not supposed to mention it. And we know it's true. People have broken in. They filmed it. Authors have written about it. And yet the clever thing is what they do is they don't respond to it. And that's how they keep it out of the eye line of most everyday folks. So you can see this going on all around you. The very fact that you say, you know, the the eye of providence, as it's called, the great seal of America, pretty much tells it like it is. There is the eye at the top. The rest of us are somewhere buried in the pyramid below. I mean, it couldn't be more blatant. And yet still people seem not to know. 
notice and we're encouraged not to notice and of course we're distracted all the time by ridiculous stuff in the media terrible tv terrible food but it keeps us out of mischief just enough to stop us asking questions so this is where you know there is necessity to wake as many people up to try and do something because the more people that do that these ruling elites that are plainly there they're not going to be able to get away with it quite so easily but they do because too many people are just simply not aware of what is going on around them so i'm i'm, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Operation Northwoods, and from from a from a, a, a British uh, a point of view, from 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 where you're from where you're viewing things, in your in your opinion, in your view, what happened on nine eleven? I mean, to me, whichever way you want to look at it, one thing is very clear. The official story is not true. I mean, you can demonstrate this by just looking at the contradictions which are inherent in the the official record. You don't even need to have a conspiracy theory. You can just see that it doesn't make sense. Now, I mean, there's a lot of great work out there. I think the work of people like David Ray Griffin has absolutely pointed out without any question that you know something some extra element helped or caused that to occur which was not just bin laden sitting in a cave in afghanistan there's too many things that make no sense the laws of physics are contravened you know i mean there are you can write a whole long list and see what stacks up. How many anomalies are there around 9-11? Now, you always get a few anomalies in any news story, but when they start to stack up as much as they do on 9-11, you realise whichever way you look at it, the public's been lied to. So in my view, uh, and I've written about this extensively in my books, you can demonstrate categorically that somebody somewhere within American command and control, and some people name the name, and some of them seem fairly obvious, must have been involved. Uh, And I think the fact that the world still has 50% of it not believing that is incredible. But on the other hand, the fact that I think one of the polls showed a few years ago around 50% of the world doesn't believe the official story at the same time that offers hope, but it's still not enough. Anybody who spends even five minutes researching this, should be able to very quickly realise that they've been lied to. I mean, if not, you're either working for some of these people involved in it or you are being very delusional. To me, the evidence is absolutely clear that what we have been told is not true. Yeah, it seems... seems pretty apparent that, that that if you take the road of it being a false flag uh, which means uh, creating uh, creating uh, creating an enemy um, uh, for purpose of uh, for purpose of creating a war um, you know weapons of mass destruction none were found and then then you got half your army in in Afghanistan and uh, in Iraq and sprawled over the Middle East and and and, and part of uh, Western Asia. Uh, so, so that that type of angle, that type of thinking, is is very easily explained. Um, what can you tell us, Andy, about the city of London? That would be the banking center of London. 
Sure. Well, I mean, if you drive around London, uh, it's very interesting because what you realise is that, again, you know, the signs and the symbols of the elite, I mean, they're everywhere. Interesting. I mean, there, there are modern buildings like uh, Canary Wharf Tower, which is uh, right at the heart of our financial centre, for instance, which has a great big glass pyramid on the top, I mean, which is making itself pretty obvious there. So they, they like pyramids. There's a lot of Masonic symbolism built into various structures in London so it's all kind of there to see once once you recognize it people just don't notice though but I mean the city of London I mean it's a fascinating thing because it is an entity in its own right and people don't realize this you've got London but then you have the city of London which is like this kind of square mile thing right in the middle which has completely its own laws it has its own Lord Mayor which is different to the Mayor of London itself it has its own rules it, it is effectively untouchable and clearly massive decisions, especially about the economy, are made from there, and they are a law unto themselves. Now, I'm not saying that is only just true in London. I think each of the Western countries especially has similar phenomena in different cities. But again, what you've got, you've got elites within elites. And it's kind of obvious, really, once you start to look at the way it all works. And that's the thing. I mean, all the time, the people at the tops of the big glass towers in the world of banking and finance and uh, wherever, all the time they have the means, they have the money to put the world right, but they choose not to and serve only themselves. Well, funnily enough, they're going to get conspiracy theorists. And until that is changed, uh, I'm afraid there's always going to be the standoff between us and them. It is sadly endemic in our system. Andy, who controls the city of London? Well, I mean, there again, I mean, this comes down to whether you want to see it as, you know, some people use the catch-all term, the Illuminati. The Illuminati was a real order. I mean, that was founded in Bavaria in uh, 1776, funnily enough, same year that uh, America went independent. Right. Uh, they didn't last long. They were disbanded within about 10 years, but it was an attempt to rule from the shadows. But, you know, many people think that at the very least, those ideals were then seeded around the world, but especially in America and Britain. So, you know, you could just say, well, there is clearly one ruling league. I think personally, it's a little bit more complex than that. I think there are factions. I think there are, you know, a elites within elites, but you've only got to look at the roll call of the people who are attending meetings of things like the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, the Council for Foreign Relations, and you'll see that actually we don't know what these people decide. Uh, we're not allowed uh, as members of the public to hear what they discuss, and yet clearly these unelected groups and strange quangos um, have enormous influence over parliaments around the world. And the people that go, they're quite leading politicians, not not always the obvious ones, but they're usually people with a lot of money, a lot of power, a lot of influence. You can read about them. We know who they are. And yet it's funny when they are challenged to say, well, what were you doing at these meetings? You know, they always try to brush it off as a, a simple business meeting, nothing to worry about. And yet clearly these groups have great power. So I think you can join the dots fairly obviously and see where it all meets up. And uh, the kind of people you think it might be, well, it generally is with names perhaps behind them that you don't hear about so much. But, uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, if you go back to 
something like 9-11, I mean, many people believe Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld at the very least knew what was really going on uh, because of the various anomalies in the testimony they've given. Uh, and, you know, you can look around the world and see all the different people that attend these meetings and you think, well, why isn't this really obvious? But it's not obvious because the mainstream won't report it. Every now and then, you might get a newspaper that will try to expose it. I mean, over here, we've got a paper called The Guardian, uh, and that has run a few articles about the Bilderbergs, for instance. But that's about it. And it gets ignored, and things move on, and that's how they get away with it. Now, on, your, on the cover of your book, The Truth Agenda, Making Sense of Unexplained Mysteries, you've got a picture of the moonwalking. In your research, what happened there? I mean, this is something that I use as a kind of an opportunity, if you like, to demonstrate the gray areas that, that come up from conspiracy theorists. Because, no, I mean, I should stress here, when I was young, I was very excited by the Apollo missions. Uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. You know, I've got James Irwin's uh, autograph somewhere, one wow. of the astronauts. So so this was a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, it's such a kind of a massive achievement of mankind. If you can demonstrate that the whole story has not been told about it, that is very useful to some people to make them realize, well, hang on a minute. Well, in that case, maybe we haven't been told the truth about lots of things. And what you can say about the moon landings is whether we did or didn't go, I cannot say for sure. But you can certainly say some of that evidence is not reliable. Uh, there are many anomalies. I mean, you've got contradictions between different images. You've got contradictions in the astronauts' testimony. You've got many photographs that if they are taken on the moon, it appears not to make any sense. The lighting is wrong. You've got issues with the shadows and so on. Now, all of this is ridiculed, of course, by people in authority, by NASA, and people that are very defensive of the moon landings, which I understand because it was such a big deal and nobody wants to hear that kind of uh, taken apart. But right. I think you can certainly show that some of those images are not on the moon. And the problem is, if some of them are not on the moon, well, then how do you know that any of them are? So you wind up with a grey area. So in the truth agenda... I use, there's a chapter about the moon landings, I use that to make the point that it's not reliable. I don't say whether we did go or didn't go, I don't know. Part of me hopes we did, but there are so many issues around it. It's one of those stories we all take for granted, we're fed one version of the story, a bit like 9-11, and you absorb it and you just assume right. that because so many people say it's true, well, it must have been true. But then you look at the evidence and you say, well, maybe not. And there's a great quote from the great Thomas Paine, who uh, you know was uh, very influential in uh, getting you people to fight us <laughs> in the 1700s. Um, and he once said, uh, the long act of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right. And there's a great truth in that. We get used to things. We don't question them. But then if somebody points out just a few anomalies, you wake up and you go, hang on a minute. This doesn't make sense. And certainly the moon landing evidence is one of those areas. It's hard to come to an absolute conclusion, but we've not been told the true story or not the whole story. And so, of course, that then leads you to question many other things. And so I use that as an example that it's not clear cut. It's not necessarily one thing or the other, but you have to relook at this evidence. 
And that's that, that's the beauty of it all, right? Is is that we are we have that ability, and we maintain, we fight to maintain to keep that ability to question these types of things. There's nothing wrong with questioning it, and and, and, and certainly uh, one of the most prolific athletes uh, in the U.S., uh, Steph Curry, recently came out and questioned whether that was legitimate or not, and he kind of backtracked on it. And NASA quickly shot back and said, "Well, we'll, we'll invite you down. We'll invite you down to." Uh, to Houston, you can tour our museum, you can tour our facility. But that's, again, that's the kind of the Robin Hood angle of, hey, we should have the ability to maintain and not be attacked to question whether these things happen. When you, when you go right now to these types of conferences and symposiums, uh, i.e. the, the Glastonbury Symposium, Andy, what's typically the main or the biggest topic that people want to know about or want to talk about <clears throat> I, I mean i think that there's certainly a lot of concern at the moment about um just the fact that we are not ever told the truth about anything i mean particularly here in britain at the moment okay so we've got the big brexit debate going on and if anybody out there still doesn't know what it's about the people voted to break away from Europe. They said, we want to control ourselves here. Now, you can think that's right, you can think it's wrong, but more than 50% of the British people voted for that. So you would imagine, therefore, that that would be acted on. Well, here we are, over two years later, they are not acting on that very clearly. They're fighting amongst themselves. No one party seems to have the nation's interests at heart. They're fighting really to keep themselves in power. Uh, and a lot of people are feeling very betrayed here. So there is a feeling that, okay, how can we live better? How can we be different? And I mean, the kind of conferences like the Glastonbury Symposium, it doesn't just stand there and point the finger at all the things that are wrong. We invite speakers along who've got ideas about how it could be put right and how we can set an example. Because if you can go from the bottom up and start to change things at a grassroots level, eventually, and it might be a long eventually, a long way away something has to change at the top all the time these people can tell us lies they can clearly feed us with uh, drugs and pharmaceuticals and all of that which are really not very good for us uh, in large doses and yet we're constantly told we need them and so on and so on there will be change there will come a time i think where if enough people can say hang on a minute there is another option here there are alternatives let's talk about them and that's what we try to do at glastonbury uh you hope that somewhere with enough people doing this it, it will begin to infiltrate wider society but at the moment there's a battle so people want the truth and you know our primary focus is to try to give platforms to people that are challenging what we're being fed all the time and you know once you wake up to it it's obvious that we're just constantly being misled by the powers that be right. but you know as we said at the beginning of this i know that you and i we kind of we imagine that from the start there's still so many people that don't know that but if they come along they get curious uh, and they hear even just a few speakers they soon realize that you know there's a whole world out there and we must question we must hold those people in power to account uh, and we must change the whole way the system runs has got to change Andy, in, in, in your efforts since you've uh, been doing what you've been doing, and that is to dig, uh, to, to find the truths in, in, various, uh, in various world issues, what has been the most astonishing discovery for you? 
What's, what's, I think yeah. for me, yeah, I will. I mean, it depends what you mean by discovery, but I think the thing that's astonished me the most, which gives me great hope, is that when I talk about these kinds of subjects to perfectly mainstream audiences, and I'm very lucky, uh, you know, I've found myself a platform where I can do that. What I am continually uh, amazed by is that actually everyday people, when you actually just show them a little bit of information that challenges what they've got used to hearing, they will wake up very quickly. There, there is a perception in the kind of truth-seeking conspiracy world that, you know, everybody out there, the sheep. Now, you always hear that, oh, sheeple. So it's a slightly worrying term because that presumes people can't wake up very quickly. But what I find is, actually, it doesn't take much just to show people a glimpse of other realities for them to come up to you at the end of a talk and say, my God, you know, now you say, I never really believe what I was being told. Then they start coming out with stuff that they've long thought, but they didn't think they could get away with saying. And when they see somebody else standing up there, actually opening the door to it and saying, well, actually, I do question what we're being told. It's remarkable just how quickly people will wake up, that they will come to their senses. And it's almost like you get used to just going along with the everyday mainstream propaganda, but it doesn't take much to wake them up out of it. And that's where the hope lies, because people are not so asleep that they can't see what's going on. I think more often than not, it's just that they're not encouraged to follow those thoughts up. Uh, and you know, they're heavily in debt, they haven't got the time, they're too distracted. But if you can shake all of that off and say, actually, I'm going to do one thing, whatever it is, I'm going to focus on this issue and make a little bit of difference here. The more people that do that, the more something will give. So yeah, actually, the most amazing thing of all is that at heart, I would say the vast majority of people are conspiracy theorists if we must call them that and it doesn't take much to get them into that place but of course that's another reason why the authorities have got to brand conspiracy thinking dangerous psychologically damaged all the things we constantly hear because they're afraid and i think they know that in you know at the end of the day the average people in the population would turn against them tomorrow if they felt it stood a chance of making a difference. So they're trying to keep people in a sleep state rather than wake them up. But, but I don't think it will always be that way. I certainly hope not. Exactly. Well, well said, Andy. What's, what's, uh, what's next for Andy Thomas? And, and what's, the next, uh, what's the next challenge for you, Andy? I mean, it's a kind of an ongoing thing, really. I mean, at the moment, I, I'm working on a new version of my book, Conspiracies. I mean, that originally came out in 2013. Well, the world's moved on a lot since then. So I'm going to cover some stuff in a new version of the book that will uh, be out uh, in the States and in England and beyond, hopefully in early next year. So I'm working on that, trying to see what are the key issues of now. For me, it's constantly trying to get the word out there ever more widely trying to get more uh, people to come to the conferences. And I mean, there are some groups uh, across Britain now which are trying to get younger people involved in uh, all kinds of stuff. And I've been giving my uh, conspiracies talk, which is like really the history of conspiracies, not loading the dice, but showing people that there is, there are grounds to question the official story of things. Um, I've had a lot of young audiences coming out, which is fantastic, yeah, because often you hear it said, ah, 
young people they're not interested in this you know they only want to play on their iphones well i'm not finding that that's true actually given the opportunity uh, they're not all drones they're not all entirely brainwashed there is a spirit of inquiry there which is fantastic so i'm going to be doing a lot more of that i've been touring uh, british cities just over the last sort of year or so i'm going to be doing a lot more of that just trying to get word out there and get people to you know tap into the power of inquiry themselves and uh, think for themselves and, and i think if anybody can do that and encourage people to uh, get themselves into a new state of being uh, where actually they are much more independent minded then you've done them a great service and it's not all fake news and we need to break this misuse of the whole anti-fake news thing we need to break that now because certainly freedom of speech is being taken away by the day certainly here uh, and that is something we must reverse uh, so anybody that can do anything I will try to encourage them so it's really plowing on really with that agenda the truth agenda as my book calls it yeah, yeah the censorship is 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 a is a, a very real threat to justice and liberty uh globally uh andy uh thank you for joining discussion to truth some some final thoughts uh, a final nugget for listeners to to walk away with well i mean i would say that if anything concerns you like any of the areas we've talked about here or areas that you yourself are concerned about don't just do nothing do something now you can't all change the world i mean one person cannot take everything on it's too much you go mad but if one person, each one person says, I'm going to focus on this issue, I feel strongly about this issue, and I am going to do one thing, even just one thing to make a difference and get the word out there and try and shift it. If everybody does that, the dominoes, they, they start to tilt and it makes a difference. And then you get waves, you get patterns people begin to spread this stuff but it, but if you say well i can't make a difference so i won't even bother right. you'll put your part of the problem right. so don't do that and uh, so my nugget is if you can do something do it even if it's a tiny little thing even if it's just trying to campaign to save your local bus shelter or trying to stop a, a new wireless mask going up near you whatever it is you're worried about do something don't just stand there and complain get up make a difference and if everybody does that somewhere down the line i think there'll be a much wider shift so you know do something that's there we are that's my nugget andy thomas ladies and gentlemen the truth agenda andy have a wonderful rest of the day thanks very much the truth agenda andy is clearly taking Mass media, as he knows it, and as 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 a British citizen, to task, and there's everything right about doing that, because he's fighting for whether you agree with him or not. The fact that he's fighting and questioning the mainstream message helps keep you free and helps keep you with a more balanced and equal life, whether you realize it or not. So, as all the guests, I applaud that come onto this program. I applaud them for what they do. I will be right back with... 
some closing thoughts. Jump in the fire. <laughs> no, I was actually, I was in no remorse. Uh, Metallica. They organized in Los Angeles, but wrote most of the majority of their songs in San Francisco, where I hail from, the San Francisco Bay Area. And for the past few years, enjoying the wonderful sun of South Florida. Unexpected. I never saw myself doing this. Ever. Never, ever, ever did I see myself doing what I'm doing. Essentially questioning authority. I never, never, never saw myself doing that. Eh, Happy-go-lucky. Let live and let be, if you will. Uh, Completely confiding in uh, the powers that be. Oh, and then came along a little virus called the Zika virus and a pesticide. But it really wasn't that, name Nailed. It really wasn't that. It was actually a very, very good friend of mine that very strongly urged me to go to the town hall meeting to listen to both sides of the debate. And, 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 and that sparked... It sparked, I'm going to assume, a very similar fire to what... Lights Andy's research and motive. And that is, once something like that happens, maybe, you know, you lose a loved one that, for instance, was in one of the trade towers. Yes, 3,000 people lost their lives. Absolutely. Or you... Lose a son, or a best friend, or whoever it may be, a a, a daughter that's gone to war in Iraq. When it hits home, like having your airspace invaded with a gas against your will, then you get a different perspective. And I'm speaking from experience, of course. Next week. Richard Lighthouse, he's an American author and researcher, will join us again. He's got a mechanical engineering degree from Stanford University. He he talked about Lloyd's Bank of London, okay? He says it's the largest banking organization on the planet. He says it's larger than all other banking organizations uh, that compete with it. Lighthouse states that he's currently an executive in an energy company based in Texas, and that his primary message is of an important scientific Discovery, quote, our universe literally blinks off. So he's a very smart individual person. Smart individual. I'll continue reading. I know I cut that off. Our universe, our universe literally blinks off and on more than one trillion cycles each second. 1.1 THZ. The harmonics of this frequency can be used for time travel, he says. Faster than light travel. 
travel between parallel universes and instant radio communication between galaxies. Okay? Look, you know, I... That makes me think of one of the early guests on this program, David Sereda. And he spoke about the pyramids, and there's not just one. There's various pyramids that dot the globe, i.e. Chichen Itza, Teotihuacan, those are both located in Mexico. There's pyramids the Chinese government are just hiding from public view, yes. Uh, the, what is it called? The White Pyramid? Uh, very close to where the Terracotta Warriors are. In Xi'an, is it Xi'an? Xi'an, China? Yes, pyramids. He says pyramids, David Serretta, uh, uh, he says pyramids are used as a, uh, were, or uh, they're a crystal os- uh, os- oscillator. Used to travel. Okay? Not a single one of us is a human being. Not a single one of us can... Can, can define and give in, ex- it, it, without theorizing, none of us can say where this universe was created. None of us. Okay? Religion is religion. It has its own place. But nobody knows where the species came from. Not a single one of us can explain that. The origin of the universe or the planet Earth, be, be it that. Okay? So, so being unable, being censored, is, in my opinion, against an inalienable right. It should be your right to be able to question authority because who makes any other member of this race, the human race of the species, to tell you that you can't live a life the way you want to live a life. And that if you're, if you're, if you're providing... Uh, service that helps somebody else, or you're peaceful. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. And truth should be questioned, or the narrative that may be masking the truth should be questioned at all times, under all circumstances. And that's my final message for today. I'll be right back with you next week, seven days from from now, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Tune in to me every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Donate 50 bucks to the program. Get a, get a t-shirt. Impeachmassmedia.com. And or stopmassmedia.com. They, they both link to the same, same page. I've been your host for Discussions of Truth, Ian Hamilton Trottier. I'll be with Richard Lighthouse next week. And remember, Dennis Bushnell, of chief scientist of NASA Langley, will join us and talk about climate change, a very real threat, starting out the month of April. And until then, be awesome.